Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Full Court Press has the latest news and opinions from men's and women's college basketball. Our hosts are John Fanta, who calls games all around the country for Fox Sports and others, and Kim Adams, an analyst for Fox and ESPN, and a former D1 baller who never saw a three-point opportunity she didn't like. If you don't believe me, check her Twitter page. Take it away, guys. Welcome on into Full Court Press from Pure Hoops Media, everybody. I'm John Fanta on this Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. Game one of the NBA Finals tonight as we tape Lakers, Heat. I think it's going to be a really good series. I've got the Lakers in six. We'll see, though. Could see the Heat taking game one. Have a feeling like it's going to be tight. As you know, we talk a lot of college basketball, but today we will zone in on the NBA and the Finals with Yes, analyst. She's on all the Nets coverage. She's done work with NBA broadcasting. She's on Sirius XM, NBA radio, just all over the place around the league. Sarah Kustak is my guest. We do some work together on Fox Sports as well. And Sarah and I hit on a bunch of topics, including the linkage with John Calipari, who's been in the news in a variety of ways. I'll get to that in a second. And Tyler Hero. Bam out of bio. How about the way that they've played for the Miami Heat? Bam, as exciting as a player as you're going to, to see in the post. Hero, lights out shooting. It's really been fun to watch each of them rise up. On the flip side, you've got Ray John Rondo. You've got Anthony Davis. Kentucky leads all schools, by the way. Those four players, the most of any school. Nobody else has more than two out of universities across the country. And I think that that just shows John Calipari's imprint. And the fact that there is this sense of pride, this sense of love for where they came from. Jamal Murray really showed it off um, with the Nuggets and, and throughout his playoff run showing up in Kentucky stuff. And of course, I mean, that's not surprising at all, but I think, uh, look, Big Blue, they'll be watching the finals and they'll be watching them closely and they've got uh, four different guys involved in this series, two for each side, which, which gives it a fun flair. The two programs with two players apiece and everybody else with one, Arizona, the Wildcats with Andre Iguodala, who making his sixth straight appearance in the NBA Finals is just attached to this series and has become a staple to Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson broadcasts on ABC during the last six years, as well as uh, Solomon Hill along with him, those two Arizona alums. And then there's Marquette with Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder. Crowder's a former Big East player of the year. We know what Butler's done. So each of those schools with two apiece. And for Marquette, they've had quite the basketball offseason. 
You've got two guys that are in the NBA Finals. The Marquette alumni won the TBT, the tournament, that was really the first taste of basketball that we got back starting on the 4th of July. And Marquette's TBT team ended up winning that. So kind of a cool storyline there for the Golden Eagles and the kind of offseason they've had. Uh, I brought up John Calipari. So last week, we had Chris Mack on of Louisville. And I asked Mack what the status of the Kentucky game was. Here's what he had to say. Have to ask this. Louisville, Kentucky will happen in 2020. You know, I don't know. Um, you don't know. I, I don't know, you know, because again, you know, you're, you're dealing with a limited calendar. You know, we're starting conference games in December uh, earlier than we ever have. We certainly have had to push back, um, you know, the Big Ten ACC challenge. Uh, so, so where that comes out, you know, I don't know. You know, for instance, the University of Cincinnati, we were supposed to play our second game of the season against those guys at their place. Uh, you know, talking to John Brandon, you know, how fair is it for us to play their home game in front of literally no fans and then have him return the game? You know, and I think the same thing, you know, holds true for the Louisville-Kentucky game. Uh, you know, where, where is the equity of Kentucky coming here in front of no fans and then having to go back to Rupp Arena in front of 21,000 fans? Uh, but I recognize and we recognize, man, uh, the best rivalry. I know I'm biased in, in all of college basketball. If there was somehow we could do this at a neutral site, again, uh, that's without talking to Kentucky and what their scheduling holds. So obviously there's a lot up in the air with the upcoming college basketball season. Well, that story went viral. That quote went viral. It was on ESPN.com. It was on ESPN's bottom line. You're talking about several stories written about it, sports talk about it. It's been a debate topic. How could you jeopardize Louisville, Kentucky, Chris Mack? That was the, the thought in mind. Well, Chris Mack put this Twitter video out on Tuesday that stirred up all the drama and more. Take a listen at this. Card fans, your fearless leader, Coach Mack. I keep getting asked, Coach, are we playing the game? Are you scared? Are you a chicken? You won't play Kentucky? As for the UK series, here's the thing. I want to do what's most convenient for John and his program. You do believe that, right? That I want to do what's best for John? Never mind the fact that we had a December 12th mutually agreed upon date to play the game. And never mind the fact that they backed out of the 12th because they were returning from London on December 6th after playing Michigan. Thought it was too close to the 12th. Never mind the fact that that December 6th game got canceled. No trip to London. Can we play that game on the 12th? Never mind the fact that they scheduled Notre Dame in lieu of playing us on the mutually agreed upon date of December 12th. Never mind the fact that they called ESPN and tried to change one of our ACC games without our knowledge or permission. Never mind the fact that Coach Stoops and his football program at the University of Kentucky honored that request in football to move Louisville's home game from 2020 to 2021. If you can do it in football, seems like you could do it in basketball. 
Never mind the fact that the University of Cincinnati asked us to do the exact same thing that we're asking Kentucky to do. And we honored that request. Listen, I don't want to stand in the way of college basketball's best rivalry. Whatever is most convenient for Coach Cal, we'll do it. See in the Um Center. Go Cards. So John Calipari offered a response simply through text on Twitter. No video, no audio. And it is, see you December 26th. Can't wait. All right. So Louisville, Kentucky is going to happen. It's going to be fun. This is exactly what this rivalry needed. Inject this into my veins. But it also brings up the bigger storyline, folks. If you're Louisville and Kentucky, if you're Cincinnati and Xavier, if you're Providence and Rhode Island, if you're Marquette and Wisconsin, figure it out. You're going to have some obstacles. You're going to have some hurdles to climb over. It might not always be fair. Figure it out. Who cares? Finding a solution is better than dwelling on a problem. And in a college basketball season, that's probably going to see games get canceled. Not probably, but it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Going to see some postponements. Why would you eliminate? Why would you even jeopardize your local rivalry with a school? Why, because of attendance? Come on. You know, Providence and Rhode Island, they, their game is called off this upcoming season. It's a really good rivalry. And Providence is the host this year. And they ended up putting on a statement that they weren't going to play the game. And it would be their year to host. And there wouldn't be fans and all that stuff. Figure it out. There's not going to be fans in the stands. So if you've got the home game this year, well, tough luck, man. But, but don't not play the game. And don't jeopardize it now. Don't call it off now. You might need that game, both for your resume, for your season. And it's an easy game to fill because the team's just down the road. Why the heck would you call that game off? So it's good to see that Louisville and Kentucky have worked it out. And the last week has shown just how powerful that rivalry is. John Calipari and Chris Mack don't like each other, and I love it. We need more of that in college basketball. That's what people like about the sport. They like that toughness. They like that grittiness. They talk about the 80s and 90s. This felt like that. That's really good. Kentucky Louisville, December 26th. It's the Christmas gift that we'll all be waiting for. Let's get to NBA Finals talk. Let's get to Brooklyn Nets talk. Really interesting team with KD, Kyrie. How does that all work out with Steve Nash? And who does Sarah Kustak have in the NBA Finals? I caught up with the NBA analyst this week. With the NBA Finals revving up, we're getting some NBA perspective from one of the great experts on your TV throughout the season. She is the Nets on Yes analyst with the great Ian Eagle, Michael Grady as well over these last couple weeks and months. And she's also with Fox Sports as part of their NBA college hoops as well as NFL coverage. It is 
the great Sarah Kustoff joining us here on Full Court Press. And Sarah, the NBA Finals are here. The excitement, I can feel it. I don't think there's any sort of an asterisk here with the champion. This is going to be a lot of fun. I know you've been remotely uh, broadcasting. The, the You were remote broadcasting Nets on Yes. But just from your perspective, what would you say uh, on how the NBA has been able to pull this off over the last weeks and months? Excellent question. First, though, John, I want to say my excitement level is at an all-time high getting a chance to talk to you and see your face, um, one of my, my colleagues and partners and friends. So it is, it's great to see you. Um, and it truly, to, to your question about the NBA, the league, what they have done in Orlando with the bubble, it has been extraordinary uh, to watch their level of diligence in how they've executed um, so many of the plans they set forth. I know Adam Silver and the rest of the league and, and so many others involved um, spent so much time trying to plan out all the details um, in so many scenarios and circumstances of creating that environment on the NBA campus in Orlando and credit to the, the players first and foremost, the coaches, the list goes on um, because you can only imagine and, and hearing them talk, hearing them speak with, with everything happening um, throughout the world and the country, um, just their ability to, to do what they um, have done physically, mentally, emotionally, um, it, it's really been, um, it's really been so impressive and you got to give them so much credit for just um, what they've been able to accomplish. In fact, as you said, that they, they've made it this far and a couple months in um, that the NBA finals are getting set to tip off. It's something that I know many of us were uncertain um, if it would happen and how it would happen uh, given everything involved. And it's really, um, it's really been something to see. A lot of credit goes to, to all those parties. Sarah, you played the game, a uh, DePaul alum. And under normal circumstances, playing the game takes a certain level. From your conversations with players, what kind of a level uh, would you say they've had to touch in Orlando? It, it's, you mentioned the word, and I hope that that conversation is done with, um, because I know it was part of the dialogue and, and just questions of those um, talking about asterisks. And, and by no means, I mean, if anything, it's an exclamation point for just the uniqueness um, and the challenges that have gone along with it. But you see it with the players, you hear about it. And I think in many regards, what's uh, been fascinating and fun to watch and interesting is that there, there's um, changes and there's um, so much differences in terms of the lack of travel. I know we've seen that's the level playing field without fans, how that's affect different um, teams and just, you know, the, the concept of how we are so accustomed, especially in the playoffs, uh, to what the environment is like because of the home arenas and because of the atmospheres. But it's really been a level playing field on that front. And more of it, too, is just the concept of the, these players um, needing to really find the juice within the game and that love of the game. And, um, we've seen so many out extraordinary performances. Uh, the list goes on. I think from the start of it, I'm mean, truly with the seeding games, the competitive nature, um, the spirit of it, and, uh, you know, so many of these different players putting on shows, teams, uh, the list goes on. And I think for that reason alone, we've seen a, a really um, special level of basketball, 
especially when it comes to the offensive games and um, some of these uh, offensive performances by teams. It's been um, it's been for those who love basketball and care about basketball, just so much fun to have an opportunity to witness. Sarah Kustak is our guest. She is the Brooklyn Nets analyst on their telecast on the Yes Network. And Sarah, seeing a lot of the Eastern Conference throughout your season, uh, normal season, when you look at the Miami Heat, why are they the last one standing out of the East? <laughs> they got moxie. They have got such a level of, I'm using the word competitiveness, um, but just a grind, a confidence, and a togetherness, which I feel like is always important throughout the course of a postseason run. Um, but that level of buy-in, um, that level of just comfort in that, in that bubble environment and the routineness of the days and the um, ability to, you know, for all of these players, I think we've seen, you know, whether it's a Tyler Hero um, coming out in his rookie season, having the type of performances he has, Duncan Robinson, just in his second year. Of course, Bam Adebayo is someone who I have been an enormous fan of since he's gotten to the league uh, and just how he's been able uh, to affect the game. Goran Dragic, same thing. You know, one of my, one of my favorite players since his days back with the Suns and just the, the way in which uh, Jimmy Butler has been a leader for this group coming over. Again, the list goes on and on. Eric Spolstra, one of the NBA's great coaches and will go down as one of the great coaches in NBA history. Uh, but a multitude of reasons that I think they have just really come together, how they perform on the defensive end, the different looks they've given. And then some of those, you know, those players who have found their groove and found their way on the offensive end. I think for, you know, Eastern Conference, it was such a great battle, um, you know, with the Celtics. So many had talked about the Bucks' expectations going into the season. I think this Miami Heat team had believed, and a lot of that belief starts from the top. But more than anything, I think a lot of the success we see is when teams find that chemistry both on and off the floor, and they've definitely done that. You brought up Spolstra. How much is he an embodiment of what the association is all about? I can't say enough good things about him um, just in, in watching him and studying him from afar. Um, I also had the great pleasure of um, for a couple of seasons calling the G League finals. And one of those uh, was a year that the, um, the Sioux Falls Sky Force won. They were led by Dan Craig, who's now um, an assistant with Eric Spolstra, just the compilation of that entire coaching staff, what we see in the front office. But for Eric Spolstra, and you said it, I mean, the story um, is one of the great ones of starting in, in the film room and um, started as a, a video room. And the way in which he studies the game, you can tell how it plays out. And I think too, you know, looking at the different rosters he's had, the ch championships, we know the storylines are plentiful. <laughs> this NBA finals with LeBron James and playing for the Heat and um, Pat Riley and all of those things, but I think for um, just the even-keeled nature of Spolstra, the grind that he has put into um, his basketball acumen and his study and how he implements that in games, he, he really is just such an extraordinary coach, and, and I'm thrilled that so many have seen. Um, I don't think any coaching job is easy, 
So I certainly don't think those championships that he won were easy, despite the, some of the talent that he had with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And, um, you can go on, but I, I think it's been really special um, for you know those of us watching basketball fans, those that cover the league, um, to watch what he's done with a roster that many, um, most I would say, probably didn't expect them to be in this position. Looking at this series, Miami, their fourth quarter differential throughout the postseason, plus 68. And on the flip side, the Lakers have two of the greats in LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which just sets up for quite the collision here in this series. And I, I think you'd say the same. I don't expect this to be a four or five game series. I think this has a chance to be a six game series and, and maybe we get lucky here, but uh, turning to the Lakers, what are the things that, that you think need to happen for them to do what perhaps the casual sports fan expects, and that is for LeBron James to come out with another championship? Yeah, I, I think keep doing what they've been doing. For as much as I have just been speaking about the buy-in of the Miami Heat um, and how well they have come together, I think watching the Lakers, and I know – the start of the season and in the regular season feels like a decade ago, given the, the hiatus in between. Um, but this Lakers group, despite the fact that there were so many new pieces, really came together quickly. And the job that Frank Vogel has done with his coaching staff and his first year um, with the Lakers, I think a lot of what we've seen them, you know, predicate their game on, you, you think of, of course, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, as you should, um, but also what they've been able to do on the defensive end and just how they have played in that area, uh, the tempo that they could play at, the push that they have, the presence on the inside, the size that they bring to the table, um, you know, whether that is, you know, what they've done with, you know, the insertion, the change of the starting lineup of Dwight Howard in, in the previous series, or obviously the size and versatility Anthony Davis brings, but just the size of LeBron James. And I think so often when you look at, this matchup and the matchup within the matchup, um, how Miami will be able to combat that. But the Lakers, they similar to the Heat because both of them have a 12 and three record in this in the course of this postseason thus far. Um, they have come in with such a a business like approach and attitude, and um, not taking any team, not taking any game, not taking series for granted. And I think LeBron James, we knew, has been on a mission. Um, so many of these players, you know, on this Lakers team and within the franchise have talked about their dedication of this postseason, of this season, uh, to the late Kobe Bryant. And I think there is so much for them that is not just simply about winning a championship, uh, but the meaningfulness and the emotional ties that go along with it. Uh, so the Lakers, I mean, the, the Lakers have been so much of, you know, what you would anticipate in a LeBron James-led team. But it, it's, um, I hope we get a long series, John. I'm, I, I'm anticipating that we will. Uh, but the Lakers, as we know them to be, are the real deal. and They have been playing that way throughout the course of this postseason. We do a lot of college basketball on this podcast. You've been immersed with, with all the NBA stuff. We do some women's college work for Fox Sports. Uh, I very much enjoy with you. You know, I think about the college hoops linkage to these finals and to the bubble as a whole, and John Calipari comes to mind. With Kentucky, you've got Anthony Davis, 
Rajon Rondo on the Lakers side. You've got Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero on the Heat side. And oh, by the way, if there were a fifth player, he's probably the player of the bubble beyond these two teams, and that's Jamal Murray. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to look at that. And I think, um, you know, so often we, we talk to these players or we see them throughout the course of the season or at any point. Um, and it's really special to see the pride that they have in, the, in their collegiate team or, or where so many of them played or the tie and links between whether they were former teammates or whether they, you know, had, had missed one another throughout the course of their years. Uh, but that is a real thing. And I think for so much of it, um, you know, based on the program, I think Bam Adebayo is a great example of this with so some of these schools and teams, Kentucky and John Calipari, it, it's such a talent laden team and a roster that sometimes the, the numbers or what's asked of them or the role um, is different than what you anticipate seeing. And I think so many eyes have been opened about Bam Adebayo, not just, you know, of course, his versatility, athleticism, ability to guard one through five, his passing ability and how he's been able to handle the bat, all these things. And he simply said, I, I didn't need to do that in college. That wasn't my role in college. Um, so, so many of these areas which you're seeing flourish are, are you know, by necessity for what I'm able to do in, in having that type of skill set. But I think a lot of it circles back to just you know, winning, the concept of winning, the concept of unselfishness in a team atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, so it's really fun to see. I'm, cur I'm curious, uh, you know, you, you imagine on their own team, they, they have that type of camaraderie and loyalty, but I'm curious when it's across enemy lines for these, um, how that plays out. And maybe a little bit of the talking we'll hear because of it. Yeah, it could be very, very fun. Sarah Kustak is our guest. So, Sarah, I'm putting you on the spot here. Who you got? John, I don't like to. I, I I've been trying as much as I can to not to not make uh, to not make predictions because things have been have been so wild. Uh, but if, if you if you put me to it, um, I I will probably take the Lakers. I wouldn't bet against LeBron James, um, especially not when he's got Anthony Davis on his side. But I I anticipate a deep. I would I would say six games. I'm hoping for seven games. But the Miami Heat, this is no accident. This isn't a fluke. They're, they're the real deal. Let's turn to your regular NBA job throughout the season, being the Nets analyst. What do you make of the Steve Nash hire? I am, I'm thrilled, um, you know, about what we could potentially see with a fit of, you know, not only is he a, a two-time league MVP, he did played in the year at a superstar level for nearly two decades. Um, and he's someone who I think, despite the fact I know a lot of the rhetoric around it is his lack of true head coaching experience. Um, but what he had done the last five years with the Golden State Warriors and his role as a you know, basketball operations consultant and being in the film room, being on the floor, uh, being in different meetings, I think getting a taste of so many of those things, the relationship that he built and connected with Kevin Durant, the relationship that he's had training and working out with Kyrie Irving, the understanding of, of what it takes to play and to be at that level. He's uh, thus far, and we'll still continue to see how the coaching staff uh, fills out, but surrounding himself with some great experience, having Jacques Vaughn um, on as his associate head coach. So I'm excited about it. And I think more than anything, um, just 
his passion and his desire to really help these players come together and to flourish and to reach um, their full potential. So, uh, you know, for the Brooklyn Nets, you know, trying to, to figure out, I don't know when this next season will officially begin, um, but seeing Kevin Durant uh, be healthy and, and finally take the floor in that Brooklyn jersey and same for Kyrie, you know, the hopefulness he'll be uh, entirely healthy. That I think brings a lot of excitement um, to Brooklyn Nets fans because it's something they've been waiting on now for, for about a year. Sarah, I'm interested to, to hear your thoughts on, on this particular element with this offseason for Brooklyn. When you have Karis LeVert do what he just did for them, and you have the situation of Irving and Durant being primary guys, the question gets brought up. You know, it's, it's not like the Nets are going out and acquiring somebody. There could be trade talks. There could be a lot of those dialogues. Not, not a bad problem to have with the arsenal of complementary pieces they have, but how do you think they, they measure what they do here in the offseason to set themselves up for the best success around Irving and Durant? Yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent question, John, and well put, just because when you look at the way the roster sits now and, and what they have, um, the performance of the Nets in, in the bubble, and um, they had a lot of new pieces integrated, many different guys, because um, – there, there was a handful, I want to say, and now I'm forgetting the number, eight or nine of their roster players um, do, um, do, whether it was due to COVID or a multitude of reasons that did not participate in Orlando. Uh, there was really, you didn't get a, a, a great grasp in a great sense of what this, all these roster pieces may look like together, in addition with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, so I, I think just the concept, it's, it's not always easy to have a great grasp and a great feel of, okay, what do we have here? How are they going to fit together? But what I will say is Karis LeVert, who um, has grown each and every year and every time he has been healthy and has had a chance to get into a rhythm, um, has been excellent. And he continues to grow as a young player. Spencer Dinwiddie, another one um, who was not participating in the bubble, but someone uh, that has done so well for this Brooklyn Nets team, Jared Allen. Uh, there's a lot of pieces that I think you start to see how they fit together, but more than anything in the NBA, as you know, someone that can play make, someone that can create, someone that can play with the ball in their hand, um, you know, what they can do on the defensive end. I think for a multitude of reasons and just having the right attitude, a character guy, a guy that fits into the concept of um, what their role may be and how that may change. I think those are the important things, especially with this Nets team um, that will have aspirations of being a title contender. And I think anytime you have players like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that, that'll be your goal. Um, but just trying to fit that in. And I think a lot of that too comes back to, you know, when it comes to personnel, okay, then how do we play and what does our system look like? Um, and how do we use our personnel um, to their to their best ability, best to the best of their abilities, um, to play on both ends of the floor? So I think that still will be a work in progress. I think once you get in the camp and once you have some of those things, you start to see that play out. But more than anything, I just think uh, the level of talent, the level of work ethic, the level of buy-in um, are a lot of the important things when you look to piece this together. New York basketball in general. The city, the area has been starving for that type of team to make that run. And, and in no way am I going to sit here and, 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 you know, dish anything out towards the Knicks at all. But the, the fact is this, 
I remember I got to New Jersey, Sarah, for college in 2013, and the first word out of people's mouths was, look, when the Knicks are good, it brings a lot of us together around the city. And when you have star power and you have New York, that's where I, I seem to look at the open door that the Nets could walk into and, and maybe galvanize that New York basketball community as a whole. Yeah, I like where your head's at, John. Um, I'm positive. I, I like I like where your head's at, and, and I agree. And I'll say this: I, you know, you know, I'm born and raised in Chicago, so I, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I think I have a, a maybe wider lens and perspective on this. Of course, I call games to the Brooklyn Nets, and um, you know, you want the. I, I would love, I would love nothing more. Living here in New York, being in New York, being in the heart of the city, um, and feeling that as a someone who just purely loves the game. I would love nothing more than for the Knicks and the Nets to both be great. Um, and for players, for the organization, you know, whomever, um, there will always be competition as, you know, there should be, which makes it fun. And you want it to become a real rivalry. But I think that that stems and that that is cultivated by when the two teams are really good. And I'm excited. You know, you look at different things. I'm excited about Tom Thibodeau. I, of course, was still covering the Chicago Bulls when he was the head coach. Um, over there, but I, I'm excited for, you know, what they can do and the job he may do, some of the young players and the young talent they have. Um, so I, I'm hoping, I, I am hoping for all teams to be good. I think, you know, just to bring back um, that energy for New York basketball would be fun. And I think more than anything, as we know, especially in sports, there is nothing better than a true rivalry. And I think that that will come from the fact when if when and if and hopefully it is when uh, and not if both of these teams could be great at the same time. All right, rapid fire here. Last but not least, hidden talent you picked up during quarantine. Anything that you you found out about yourself? Maybe uh, a hobby that you picked up on. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's it's new. I will say I rediscovered. Um, as you know, with our jobs and the craziness of it, I don't cook quite as much as I would typically like to. Uh, back in Chicago with friends, and we'd always have family dinners every week. We'd all be cooking. We'd all be bringing things. So I would say, having been here in the craziness of our schedules, I had not cooked as consistently. Um, so I have been, I have been cooking nonstop, baking nonstop, trying new things. My dream job would, if it's not to work for the Food Network, it would be to <laughs> go around and, and taste test things or cook. But I, that, that has been something that um, has been so much fun to me and amongst friends sharing recipes and having different nights of doing things. Um, I'm in more book clubs than I've been at through the probably <laughs> of my, I mean, I've been, had my nose in books and reading books. Uh, a lot of it just fun, fiction, um, other things. But Do those do you have a recommendation? Oh, do you put in? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. One book now that I'm looking at, and I can never say the last, it's called Flow. Um, it's about like maximizing like optimal, like the pursuit of optimal, um, I guess happiness could be the word. Um, but it's a good, it, it was a good mindfulness book. Um, what are some others that I've read now that I, I read the Eddie Olchek book? It was fantastic, a Chicago best. Um, some of the others, 
Yeah, that's that's where I'll keep it at now. I read uh, I read um, the show Little Fires Everywhere was really popular. Good. Read the book that I highly recommend. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of good ones. But John, I, I've been I, I've been through a bunch and then just passing them along, sending them from friend to friend. But that's those have been the two um, those have been the two things that I've other than being on Zoom calls. <laughs> now that we do everything vote for work personally whatever it may be uh but, but that's that's how i've spent a lot of my time the ever so versatile oh. the multifaceted she does it all you can find her on twitter at sarah kustak she's on the airwaves she's on fox sports you might see her sidelines on the nfl coverage uh, you'll see her for sure at points this fall, and you'll, you'll find her uh, on the radio from time to time here with some NBA finals coverage and beyond. Sarah, thanks so much. Thank you. Hopefully, I can't wait till the next time that I'm next to you calling a game or working in some capacity. But thank you for having me. You are the absolute best, and I'm proud of you. With that, another episode of Full Court Press is in the books. Thanks again to Fox Sports analyst, Nets analyst, She's all over the place with coverage of the NBA. Sarah Kustak for spending some time with us. Thanks also to our producer, Mike Lieber, as well as Bruce Bernstein for all their help. Tom Phillip ends the show, and we always appreciate his contributions. Check out our other Pure Hoops media shows, Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong. That drops each Wednesday. Each Thursday, Monica McNutt and King McClure drop by with buckets, boards, and blocks. Every Friday, it's the Pure Hoops podcast with B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday, and I will be back every week, Tuesday, with Full Court Press. Please check out all of our shows. Subscribe, download them, rate and review them. But most of all, enjoy. And enjoy the NBA Finals, everybody. See you next week on Full Court Press. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.